High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Well, praise the Lord. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Do I have any people here this morning that love the Lord? Do you love Jesus? Well, praise God. Would you turn to somebody and just say, I love Jesus and I love you too. Praise the Lord. It is so good to be here this morning. Last week we were in Crestview. Pastor Stacy and I were uh, ministering there. And uh, I tell you, the Lord is doing great things in Crestview, at High Praise Crestview. Y'all continue to pray for them. They need, uh, they need a larger facility. How many of you know that we can agree together and we can pray together and God can move on their behalf and we can see a breakthrough? Uh, this past week they had over 250 people there between the two services, uh, uh, Sam and Megan McMichael. They were there for a while. They were actually here, and then they got moved over to Eglin after the hurricane. And by the way, it's so good to see y'all today. But uh, anyway, so they know the size of the building, and that's a lot even for two services uh, there in Crestview. And so it's just really magnificent what is happening over there right now. So believe with us, pray with us, agree together, and I believe that we will see just a mighty breakthrough for them. And uh, we um, have many things we are looking at doing, uh, but uh, I, I believe the Lord has the exact right building for High Praise Crestview. They're coming up on a lease renewal at the end of October, 1st of November, um, but uh, agree with us. But it's always good to be here at High Praise Panama City. Hallelujah. Uh, this is home, obviously, for us. And uh, uh, um, by the way, uh, I was here Wednesday night ministering. I'll also be here this coming Wednesday. Wednesday. We've been sharing some things on Gilgal, uh, embracing transformation. How many of you have been able to be here on a Wednesday night? I will tell you, some rich stuff has been happening. I'd encourage you to be here if at all possible. The Lord is moving in a mighty way, and God is doing great things in every uh, area of this church right now. And uh, I, I would say also to all of you, all of the announcements that we have are just uh, an indicator of all the things that are transpiring and happening, and you need to get involved somewhere. Uh, it's wonderful to come to Sunday morning. You need to be faithful to Sunday morning services. This is the primary gathering that we have, but I would encourage you also to get involved in the, some of the small groups, some of the gatherings, some of the fellowships, uh, youth. Uh, you need to be here for Wednesday night. Moms and dads, get your youth out here for Wednesday nights. Great things are happening within our youth service. Uh, we have two services going on on Wednesday nights. We have obviously the main service here, and then the youth actually have their own service, the High Praise Youth, and uh, also they have the mix, all sorts of things. And if you want to know more information about that, you can just see Garrett or uh, Becca Moreland. They can tell you all about that, and also some of the younger leaders that can tell you the things that are taking place. But God is doing great things. How many of you glad to be alive today serving the Lord right now? Isn't it a wonderful day to be alive right now? Well, it sounds like some of you might rather be dead right now, but I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm alive right now serving the Lord. Amen? And I am right on time. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you're right on time? Look at somebody and say, you haven't missed it. 
but you're right on time. Hallelujah. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 45 this morning, and I know Pastor Joshua this past Sunday, uh, we'll just say concluded a series that we started. I, we had a few more things that we were going to share in that series, and I was supposed to put the bow on it this morning, but I really felt impressed of the Lord to go a different direction. Surprise. And, uh, but I really felt the Lord began to speak to me some things that needed to be declared prophetically over this church and over this body. I believe that our greatest days are yet ahead. Praise God. Your greatest days are yet ahead. Look at somebody say, your greatest days are yet ahead. I'm not just putting out some one-liner statements to get what they call a cheap pop, okay? You don't know what I mean when I say a cheap pop? In, uh, if you've ever seen any of these live events, the, 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 the main, some main uh, headliner will come out and say, Hey, Panama City! And everybody in Panama City will jump up and they'll shout because it's what they call a cheap pop. Everybody will respond to that. So whenever I say, your greatest days are yet ahead, understand I'm not trying to get so much a response response. I'm making a declaration over your life that there are great things that God has for you ahead. There are things that you have not even seen nor have you even dreamed of but God is opening up some things that have been closed in the days past but now God is supernaturally opening the door for you to begin to go through that and take possession of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now now, I shared this message when I was up, something similar to this when I was up in, um, in Minnesota last month. Pastor Stacey and I, we traveled up to Minnesota. We were ministering at High Praise Minnesota, Central Minnesota, and High Praise Brainerd Lakes. And uh, for you that may not know, uh, just recently, High Praise Brainerd Lakes had a building, building give a church building given to them. I went into that building. I'm telling you, it is a very, very nice facility. It'll seat about 250 people and it's got uh, areas for education, for youth, all the other things. And anyway, I, uh, Chris just, uh, Pastor Chris just texted me yesterday and he said we had a record attendance this past uh, uh, Friday night and they had right at 100 people there in High Praise Brainerd Lakes. They're just getting started right now. The only thing they had to do was pay $47 in closing costs to take possession of the building. Can somebody say we serve a mighty God? Hallelujah. $47 is how much they paid for a building that seats over 250 plus all the educational things, a kitchen, an apartment, all sorts of wonderful things. And uh, God is moving mightily. As a matter of fact, they're about to start Sunday morning services now. They couldn't do it for a while, but now they're getting ready to start Sunday morning services. They've been meeting just on Friday nights. But God's opened up things to them. And many of these things have opened up even, I know, since... Uh, uh, Pastor Stacy and I were there and ministered there, had powerful meetings there. But also then uh, uh, the things that are going on in Crestview, I ministered a message similar to this. And I began to realize, you know, this is really something that God is speaking and declaring, not just over high praise Crestview and not just over high praise central Minnesota, but God's speaking and declaring the same thing over high praise Panama City. We are entering into a new season. Hallelujah. I said, you're entering into a new season. 
And you've got to understand that whatever the Lord begins to do corporately, he is also doing individually within your life. So whenever God begins to bring a corporate body into something fresh and new, understand that that means that he is bringing you and your family into something fresh and new. And I believe that we are in, uh, moving into a, a new season even within this church. And I believe that there is an anointing that God releases for every season that you enter into. You must understand that you cannot survive. Please hear I say this. You cannot survive in a new season with an old anointing. God wants to release a fresh anointing into your life because there's a new anointing that is needed for a new season to carry out what God is declaring to be done in this day and in this hour. Amen? Look at somebody and say, you're anointed for this. In Isaiah 45, I want to read this passage of Scripture. Now, this is not just a nice message to thrill you, nor is it a, it's really not so much a pastoral message. This is a prophetic declaration. This is an apostolic decree that I believe that the Lord is speaking and declaring over this ministry today. And again, whenever I say this ministry, I'm not talking about a church building. I'm not talking about just the gathering. I'm talking about each and every one of us individually. In Isaiah 45 verse one, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to his anointed, thus says the Lord to his anointed. Let me just stop just right there. Before the Lord finishes what he is saying, and he's speaking over Cyrus at this particular moment, the first thing that God makes Cyrus aware of is this, you are anointed. Will you look at somebody and say, you are anointed. You know, one of the things that we must begin to realize and take hold of and really begin to run with is the understanding that God has anointed us. You're anointed for this season. I don't care what you might be facing right now. Understand this. You've already been anointed for the season that you're walking in. There's an anointing that God is releasing for a new season that we're beginning to enter into. Therefore, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to approach it timidly. We can rise up with boldness and power and authority knowing that we are anointed for this season. As a matter of fact, whenever the Lord begins to lead you in direction, possibly even of new employment, possibly new career. You always must understand, don't enter it with fear and trepidation. Enter it with boldness, knowing that you are anointed for this. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe God doesn't just anoint us for what he does in the church and within the church, but God anoints us for what he wants to do outside the church. Amen. Nakia is anointed to be principal. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Roger is anointed to be the senior manager. Paul is anointed to do what he's doing. Andy is anointed for what he's doing. And God is entering him in to a new season. Hallelujah. And new employment. And there's an anointing that God will release upon your life, regardless of what season you might be in right now. You might be facing some challenges right at this present moment. But understand this. The anointing within you is greater than the challenge that you might be facing right now. As a matter of fact, it is the anointing that will destroy the yoke of bondage. You might be in a situation where you're facing some family challenges and maybe your kids are acting up. Maybe they aren't acting the way that they should be acting. Maybe they're acting the fool as we used to say. Maybe they're doing some crazy things, but I'm telling you, you're anointed for this 
this season. Hallelujah. Some of you may even be in situations where you're facing some marriage challenges, marital problems. Hear this. You're anointed for this season and the anointing will break and destroy the yoke and God will put your marriage back together and it'll be better than what it was before. Amen. Look at somebody and say better than what it was before. I think so often whenever we enter into different seasons of life, the tendency is to freak out. People begin to freak out. The church has been guilty of freaking out probably more than any other organization that there is. Every time we see something, we freak out, you know? I mean the Barbie movie, everybody's freaking out. And I'm not endorsing it in any way whatsoever. And you know, there's a Disney movie come out and everybody freaks out. And I understand there's times that you gotta sound the alarm. I understand all of that, but understand, when Whenever sinners are just being sinners, we don't need to freak out because we have to understand we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this to bring change in the culture and the society. And by the way, it's not just getting up and protesting that's going to cause the change. It's the preaching of the gospel that will change the hearts and minds of men and women. Hallelujah. That's what's going to turn things around. Until you change the heart, nothing will change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can endure, you can, you can actually write laws, you can make decrees, and people can stand up and protest, but understand this, until the heart of man is changed, there will be no change. That's where it all starts. See, Jesus didn't come to write another law. Jesus came to put the law on the inside of man so that man would live right by the power of the grace of God living out of him, hallelujah. Amen. So when things are dark, don't get, don't get, you know, throw up your hands and begin to cry. Oh, it's so bad. Listen, it's always been bad. You know why? Because there's always been a devil in the world, right? There's always been sin in the world. There's nothing new that's going on, but I'm telling you, I believe that we can have confidence and faith in the anointing of God and we can see things turn and change. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It only takes just the wind of God to blow. It only takes a wind of God to blow and things suddenly become different. You know what? The children of Israel, they were, their backs were up against the Red Sea and they had nowhere to go. It only took one wind of God. It took one man of God who was willing to just take his hand and place it and stretch it out over the Red Sea. The Red Sea split as God's wind began to blow. I'm telling you, God will turn the situation around in a moment, in just a snap of the finger, if you will just believe I'm anointed for this. You don't understand what's going on at my place of employment. Listen, you're anointed for this. Why do you think you're there? You're there to change the culture, change the atmosphere. You don't understand how they cuss all the time at my place of employment. Just start praying in tongues when they start cussing. Watch the cussing stop real quickly. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You blankety blank, you know what? Their eyes are getting big as saucers and they'll, want to, they'll stop suddenly, hallelujah. Or just start, lift your hands and start, thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. They'll stop real quickly. You know, we're real quick about wanting to tell people what they're doing wrong whenever we're not willing to do what's right. And what we need to start doing is just doing the right thing. Amen. I said, we need to just start doing the right thing. All right, y'all still love me? So he says, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings. Please underline this next statement. To open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. 
to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I really believe that God is bringing us as a body. I believe that God is bringing you individually into what I call a double door season. Everybody say a double door season. A double door season means things that were closed off to you are no longer closed off. A double door season means that God begins to give you access in places that you did not have access previously. A double door season means that there are divine opportunities that God begins to open up before you and you're able to walk through a door unimpeded to a place to where you can begin to take hold of that which God declare, declares and desires for you to have. A double, portion, a double, uh, double doors means that there is now this element where you can begin to move freely in everything that God has called you to move in. So understand this, for every season, there is always an anointing that God releases within your life. You know, I can remember back in the early 80s whenever I began to lead worship. I began to lead worship not because I wanted to lead worship. I really had no desire to lead worship. But I began to be lead worship, one, because there was nobody else there to do it. They just said, you're drafted. You know, nobody else here can do this, you do it. And I just said, yes, but understand this, as I began to apply myself, there was an anointing that God released within my life. You know what, there are sometimes there are anointings that God is waiting to release within our lives that are gonna come as a result of our obedience of just stepping out of the boat and beginning to walk on water. You hearing what I'm saying? We just have to be obedient to God. And as I began to step out and begin to lead worship, there was an anointing that God began to release within my life. There was an anointing to write songs that began to come forth. You know what, when I started leading worship back in 1982, 83, somewhere along there, if somebody would have told me that, you know, the end of the 80s, uh, first part of the 90s, you're gonna lead worship, you're gonna be writing songs, your songs are gonna go around the world, uh, I would have told them, you are crazy, you have never heard me sing. Because you gotta understand that I did not sing good. I didn't sing well at all. As a matter of fact, when Pastor Stacy and I, whenever, before we got married, and even after we got married, when uh, we were just, you know, riding around the car, and I'd start singing. There were times she said, would you please stop? You are destroying the atmosphere. I mean, I did not sound good. I didn't sing on pitch. You know what? And I still loved her. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. She was just being honest, you know. And I, I mean, I, I, if I tried to sing three times a lady, I mean, it didn't come out very good at all. And the reality is that as I began to be faithful to do what God had anointed me to do, there began to be a release of his blessing over what I was doing. But there was an anointing that he released within my life. Whenever we began to travel and began to teach on praise and worship, there was an anointing that God released within my life for that. Whenever I began to write books back in 1993 is when I wrote the first book, there was an anointing that God released within my life to write books, to pen revelation and understanding to people. And then whenever I started pastoring, we started this church in 1997. I didn't want a pastor. Neither one of us really wanted a pastor. We didn't even know how we were going to start a church. We didn't know how. We didn't know when. We didn't know who. We didn't have any of the answers to any of the questions. You know what I'm talking about? When the Lord begins to speak to you to do something, the first thing that happens is all of these questions flood your mind. How are you going to do this? Who's going to be involved? All these other things. And we didn't have any of the answers to any of the questions. But we just, we just stepped out there. And I'm telling you, as we stepped out there, there was a fresh 
anointing that God released within my life. And, you know, part of the anointing meant that there was a pastoral gift that began to be released within my life. Because you have to understand, and you've heard me say this before, up until that moment in time, my idea of ministry is, uh, it was, you know, ministry would be great if it just weren't for the people. You know, I love leading worship because I could go in and I could get in the presence of God and we could see great breakthrough and then praise the Lord, uh, I could get out of there. I didn't have to deal with anybody. I didn't have to say hello to anybody. The only thing I had to do was just go in there and lead worship, beat me and Jesus, and we had a wonderful time together. Hallelujah. But you know what? The Lord began to develop something on the inside of me, and that was just a love for people. That was an appreciation for people. And so the anointing of God began to work within my life, and a pastoral anointing began to flow. And let me just get back even before that. Uh, back in 1987, whenever we first uh, went to Christian International and Bishop Hammond and some of the other staff, they began to prophesy and they began to see something within my life that nobody else had ever seen. By the way, when you begin to move into a new anointing, a new season, others will see something within you that other, others in the past did not see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They'll begin to see a resident anointing in you and begin to declare it and begin to recognize when all those years, even those that were close to them, they could not acknowledge it. And so God will actually call people to come around you and they'll begin to acknowledge something on the inside of you that others never were able to acknowledge. Praise God. And so anyway, when we first came on staff at CI, one of the things that they began to declare and speak over our lives is about how there was a, I remember the first time that Bishop Bishop Hammond ever prophesied to me. He said, I don't know if anybody has ever told you this, but there's a mighty prophet's call upon your life. You know, and the Lord has spoken something similar to that to me personally in my prayer closet whenever I was 17 years old. And I went to my pastor and I told him, I said, this is what the Lord spoke to me. And he looked at me like I was crazy and just ignored everything that I said. So obviously it didn't encourage me. So I just put that on the shelf and I said, well, I'm just, you know, I, I'm not going to go there. You know, maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't hear right. And then all of a sudden at the age of 25, whenever I came to the company of prophets, they began to recognize it was, I was entering into a new season. I'm going somewhere with all of this, by the way. This is not just a trip down memory lane. I want you to see that with every new season, there is always a fresh anointing that God releases within your life. And whenever I got there, they began to acknowledge that. Bishop Hammond began to see something that God had anointed me with that had been locked up. But I came to, to, I had come there at that moment in time because it was something that needed to be unlocked within me. I was entering into a new season and a prophetic anointing began to flow through me. A prophet's mantle began to come forth within my life and it began to prophesy and began to flow. And there's all kinds of things that I could tell you about that. When we started pastoring, same thing began to happen. And, uh, and I think there's been different different, uh, what I would say almost like echoes, maybe like uh, four uh, foretellings of what the Lord was going to do even within our lives, but also within this church in the realm of the apostolic. And I really believe that we are right now on the precipice of entering into the greatest apostolic mantle 
and call that we have ever experienced within this church body. I'm not just saying that from a personal standpoint because understand this, I believe that that's what God has called this entire church to participate in because we have to begin to look not just at the local church. Yes, we're building the local church. We will continue to do that. But understand this, there is a field that is out there. There are those that are hungry right now. There are those that need the liberating power of the gospel and they need the liberating power of the Holy Ghost to be brought forth within their lives. And I believe that God is going to begin to send us even to the nations. Hallelujah. Now, if you can receive that, say yes. Hallelujah. If you can't, just meditate on it for a moment. But for every season, there's an anointing that God releases. So, think about this. Jesus, the Bible says this in Acts 10, 38. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm laying foundation still. Acts 10, 38. It says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing all. How was he able to heal all? Listen, listen. Jesus did not heal people because he was God. He healed people because he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Because for 30 years, he didn't heal anybody. For 30 years, he didn't deliver anybody. But there came a season, there came a moment of time whenever the Father said, now it is time for you to enter into the season of ministry that I have called you to. At that moment in time, then the anointing began to manifest within Jesus' life. And so we have to understand, and I don't have time to go into all this, but Jesus divested himself so, uh, of deity. So what he did, he did not do because he was the son of God. He did because he was a man that was anointed by the Holy Ghost in power. That's what it says, Acts 10, 38. God anointed him with the Holy Ghost in power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's the reason whenever he went into his own hometown, the Bible says that he couldn't even do anything, said he could do no mighty works, and he marveled at their unbelief. In other words, their unbelief prohibited him from doing anything within his own hometown. And so, again, you have to realize that with every new season, there's a fresh anointing that God releases within your life. I believe that over the last five years, or I would say, uh, yeah, uh, uh, close to five years. We have been in a season of rebuilding. We've been in a season of restoration. We've been in what I call the shalam season. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've been thankful for the shalam season. Now you may ask, what, does, what do you mean shalam season? Shalam is the Hebrew word that is translated restore over in Joel chapter two and on the heels of the hurricane, Hurricane Michael, the Lord gave me this scripture. I will restore to you, Joel 2, 25, 26. I will restore to you the years that the canker worm, the palmer worm and the caterpillar has eaten. And we have seen that word is the word shalam. And whenever you begin to actually research that word, when it's usually translated restore, it usually means Nine times out of 10, it means that you will have more than you had before. Everybody say more than you had before. You know, and what I am seeing transpire right now within our region, within our area, we saw it happen within people's lives that they're having more than they had before, praise God. 
been prophesying for, for quite a while, but uh, pa uh, Pastor Larry and, and Linda, and they just got word there's been a legal battle that they've been in for quite some time, and they five legal battles that they've been in, if it, um, five years. It's about the time at the same time of the hurricane, and and we've been. I mean, we began to prophesy before we even knew what was going on, and thank God they just got a ruling, and it's ruled in favor of them, and God is bringing forth a restoration, a restoration. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so I'm only telling you that because I could just go one, you know, person by, you know, each individual that'd been here, if you were here five years ago, how many of you can say that I have seen the shalam of God come forth in my life? Shalam more than you had before. You know, we begin to declare that over this church body and uh, because we lost at least a third of our congregation because the military shipped everybody out. A lot of people had to move out of the area. And you know what's so amazing? I'm telling you, we are right now back to where we, ha we were before the hurricane actually took place as far as actually the attendance of church on Sunday mornings, which is a blessing, praise God, amen. And I'm not gonna throw, away, throw around numbers right now, but I'm just telling you the numbers that we have right now, they are equivalent to what we were having and sometimes better than what we were having before the storm actually struck, praise God. Well, you don't have to get excited about it, but I'm going to get excited about it. Amen. And we just had a ladies lift meeting and we had right at 200 ladies there for ladies lift. We have never in the history of the church had that many ladies for a Thursday night lift. I don't even think we've had that many for a Saturday morning lift or any other uh, time, a uh, Sunday evening lift. I'm telling you folks, God is giving us more than we had before. Amen. And a look at our building. We have a, it's better than what it was before. And we ended up on the heels of it within one year, having more money in the bank. And I said, thank God for that. Now, I, now whenever we first started this, whenever the hurricane first hit and we were prophesying and declaring these things, I'm telling you, it didn't look that way. As a matter of fact, you had to stir up your faith to believe that because everything in the natural looked like it was going the wrong direction. It looked like this was not going to happen. There were actually rumors that Tyndall was going to be chopped and it wasn't even, they were, it was on the chopping block and they weren't going to rebuild. But the word of the Lord was this, it's going to be better than it was before. And now we're seeing new troops come in. The base has been and is being rebuilt. And now we're going to have end up with more stationed men and women here than what we had before the hurricane. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I said all that to say this, as wonderful as that is, and as wonderful as all the things that we have received, I'm telling you what the season that God is ushering us into right now is greater than any other season that we have ever experienced. And there is a fresh anointing that God is releasing within this house, within your family, within your children. And I'm telling you, you're gonna see some of the greatest manifestations of revival and the fire of God released that we have ever seen in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and say, yes, Lord, do it. So we've been in that season of rebuilding, but I'm telling you, God, it's like there's a shift that God has. It's like a button has been pushed uh, or a gear has been, you know, you, you, you know like a, 
a gear shift. I don't know if anybody remembers old manual transmissions, you know, and uh, I had a, many, many years ago, I had a Chevy Chevette, four on the floor. That sounds like it would be fast and sporty. Not, you know. And uh, I mean, it, the transmission was so bad, we just said, you know, grind them or find them because it was always grind every time you're trying to go to the next gear. But anyway, I said all that though, just to say this, you know, there, there, there may have been, and by the way, whenever you begin to move into a new season, there's always a transitional phase and it can feel a little awkward at times. Anybody ever felt a little awkward whenever you're moving into transition, when you're moving into a new season, things begin to feel just a little bit awkward because what happens is God kind of, he takes the downy out of the nest and things begin to shake a little bit. Why? Because he's wanting you to get a little bit uncomfortable so that you'll begin to move on in to the new season that he has for you. Amen? I'm telling you, the last year and a half, there's been a lot of times that Pastor Joshua and I, we've discussed, and um, there's been a lot of meetings that we've had, and there's been times of awkwardness that we have both experienced. But can I tell you, we've come out on the other side, and the church is stronger than it's ever been before. Praise God. Praise God. I'm just being very transparent. Why? Because God was, he was bringing a transition. He was bringing things. He was setting the stage for a new season. Now, I don't, listen, I want to make sure everybody understands. When I talk about a new season, I'm not saying that, you know, somebody's changing where you know, there's going to be a new staff and there's going to be a new pastor. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that the thrust and what God is doing within your life, he's, he's opening the expanse. I feel like the Lord is saying this, you've been faithful in the little and I'm making you ruler over much. You've been faithful with the one door, now I'm opening double doors to you. Where you've been faithful in the little things, now I'm gonna give you the big things, praise God. Please hear the word of the Lord this morning. So understand whenever you begin to enter into a new season that the devil will always try to stir up things. Not that we have any, uh, you know, nobody's doing anything right now, trust you won't, but I'll tell you that the devil will always try to stir up things whenever you begin to enter into a new season. You know, we see that even with Cyrus, whenever he began to build and do what God had called him to do, this is what it says in Ezra chapter four. Y'all still with me? It says, then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia. So they've got the word of the Lord that it's time to build. They start building and all of a sudden there are people that begin to rise up in order to frustrate the very purpose of God. See, the enemy will always attempt to use people and circumstances to discourage you. He will stir up people through offense. By the way, we live in a day right now where it doesn't take much to get anybody offended. Can I tell you, if you're offended all the time, that means your flesh is still alive. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. If you get offended all the time, that means you haven't crucified your flesh. If you get offended all the time, that means you're still a carnal Christian. If you get offended all the time, that means you're still a babe in Christ. Because you gotta understand as you mature, you get over that. And it takes a lot more than just somebody saying something to you that you don't appreciate to offend you and get you upset and mad and decide that you're gonna separate from them. Oh, hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, this is prophetic right now, just as prophetic as everything I've said so far. You know what? We have to be people that mature in Christ and get over our petty offenses. Well, they didn't look at me. They didn't say anything to me today. Well, I didn't really like and I didn't appreciate that word. Don't you know the pastor? He's not really hearing from God right now. You know what? These are the kind of things that get the religious spirits begin to get stirred up on the inside of people whenever you begin to enter into a new season. By the way, you just got to make a decision. I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to follow the directives of the Lord uh, and praise God. You know what? I'm going to let God work out everything else. Amen? Keep loving people, but don't let people discourage you from doing what he's called you to do. Now, I said all that to say this. This is where we're going. You've got to understand in those times and seasons, whenever there may be some discouragement, number one, you're anointed for this. Whenever people are talking, you gotta understand, I'm anointed for this. When a family doesn't understand what you're doing, you gotta say, I'm anointed for this. When the church doesn't understand everything, you just have to say, I'm anointed for this. Are you following what I'm saying? You gotta know that you're anointed. That's the reason again, the first thing the Lord speaks to Cyrus, you're my anointed. You gotta know that you're anointed, why? Because there's gonna be people that are gonna try to discourage you. There's gonna be people that will try to stand against you. There's gonna be people that are actually gonna be stirred up by the enemy in order to forbid you and keep you from doing what I've called you to do. I've called you to build. I've called you to move into this new season, Cyrus. However, you gotta know first and foremost, you're anointed for this, hallelujah. Amen, for Pastor Joshua, he had to know, I'm anointed for this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen? I had to know, I'm anointed for this. There's some new things that are on the horizon. I gotta know, I'm anointed for this. The grace of God is working within me and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon me for the new season that we are entering into as a church body and also personally, hallelujah. Amen? You gotta know that. There's gotta be something down on the inside of you. A confidence, a surety, I'm anointed for this. That's the reason that wagging tongues isn't gonna bother me. Amen. I'll wave at them while I'm in my rear view mirror while I keep on going. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes some people look better in the rear view mirror. Hallelujah. And I don't mean to under, please hear how I'm saying that. I'm just saying you can't allow them to stop you. You can't allow the opinions of others to stop you. You can't allow what somebody said to keep you from moving forward in what God has called you to do. You gotta say, let God be true and every man a liar. If God said it, he will perform it within my life. Amen? Listen, anybody that I know today that's ever been a success in any area of their life they were a success, please hear this, not because of what the people around them were saying. They were a success in spite of what everybody was saying around them. They succeeded in spite of what the naysayers were saying. They succeeded because they had tuned their voice to the Lord. I said they had tuned their voice to the Lord. They had discerned what God was saying and said, that's what I'm going to follow, what the Lord is saying, amen? And that's what will bring success even within your life. So the first thing that you've got to know as you enter a new season is that you're anointed. Look at somebody and say, you're anointed today. Now I think a lot of times people, whenever you say anointed, people don't really understand what anointing is and what the word actually literally means. Are y'all with me? The word anointed or anointing, it means this. I want you to write it down. 
somewhere if you can. If you can't, put it to your memory real quick. It means this, to rub with oil. To rub with oil. I don't know, I don't think we have any oil up here. If we did, I might pour some on somebody. So you know, Garrett, you can be thankful today. <laughs> it means to rub with oil. So the first thing, think about this, the first thing that the Lord says to Cyrus is this, you got to know that you're anointed, okay? Now I believe, understand, whenever we read these scriptures in the Old Testament, I know my name's not Cyrus, and by the way, there is nobody in the world whose name uh, this only applies to. Does everybody understand it? Because if this applies, this is something that we can all learn from and derive from. We can derive understanding and revelation from. And I believe that anytime that we have a rhema word from the Lord, in some way or another, it is a word that has been brought out of the word that's already written, but is now being applied right now. And so the, I believe that the Lord is saying this, and we see this principle here, before Cyrus can start building, he says, you got to know that you're anointed. You got to know that you're rubbed with oil. You know why? Because there are gonna be critics out there. You know why? Because there are gonna be people that don't agree with what you're doing. There's gonna be people that will tell you that you've missed it. But you gotta know that I've already rubbed you with oil. Why is it important to know that you're rubbed with oil? Whenever you're rubbed with oil, that means this, I'm slippery. That means whenever the enemy tries to grab hold of me, he can't touch this. Right? No, 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 can't touch this. I'm slippery when wet, praise God. And the you ever watched or seen any of those pig chasing contests that they have where they'll take and they'll oil down the pig and then they'll put the kids uh, in the corral or the pig pen or maybe it's a rodeo or something. And then what will happen is all the kids will begin to chase the pig that is totally greased down. And you ever watch them, they'll try to grab hold, man, that pig just escapes. I'm telling you what, it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to you, you gotta know you're anointed and I'm slippery and the devil can't touch this. The enemy can't touch this. He can't hold back what God has decreed. It's going to be done in the name of Jesus. Amen? Would you look at somebody and say, I'm slippery, hallelujah. Look at somebody else and say, you're slippery, hallelujah. See, whenever you say you're anointed, that means I've got oil all over me. i got oil all over me. Can't touch this. You might try, devil, but I'm telling you, I'm coming through on the other side. You may try to hit my family, but hear this. I'm coming through on the other side. You may try to hit my pocketbook, but I'm coming through on the other side. You may try to hit my health, but I'm coming through on the other side because I am anointed of the Lord. Hallelujah. So before you go through the doors, you gotta know this. You're slippery, you're anointed. The oil of God is all over you. I think a lot of times we think the anointing is just something, uh, we, we have in our own minds what that means. And most of the time it means the anointing manifests at certain times whenever we see people fall out under the power of God. But understand this, tomorrow you are anointed. And the next day you are anointed. When you go home today, you're anointed. And the devil can't touch your marriage because you're anointed. I say the devil can't touch your marriage because you're anointed. Now obviously you gotta treat your wife right, okay? See, the anointing is not an excuse to do whatever you wanna do. The anointing will actually motivate you to do what's right. 
Amen? So God has rubbed us with oil. The enemy can't get a hold of us. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. And we're anointed for this. So what does it mean then when it talks about double doors? Talks about double doors being open. Double doors are used for two things. They let things in and they keep things out. They're entrance and they're also protection. Double doors speaks of a greater opening, something larger. Not long ago, uh, I don't know, it's probably over a little over, over a year ago, we had some furniture delivered to our house. You know, and the furniture was kind of wide. And so you know what we were able to do? Because in our front door is actually double doors. We have two doors. We just opened the double doors and it came in with ease. Can I tell you what God is wanting to deliver to you is going to be delivered with ease. Hallelujah. I say, well, God, there's not going to be any restriction. I feel this by the Holy Ghost today, that the restriction has been, has been annihilated and the restrictions are gone and God is releasing it because he's opening double doors to you right now. That which is restricted, that which wouldn't fit through the door previously, God is opening double doors to you and the restriction is gone. Look at somebody say, the restriction is gone. Amen. Please hear how I'm saying this in the spirit. Don't try to think of this just in the natural realm. You've got to hear it in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Double doors are needed to increase the capacity of what needs to flow through them. So God is opening double doors because he wants to increase the capacity of that which he wants to release in your life and also cause to flow out of your life. God is increasing the flow. Hear the Spirit of the Lord today. He's increasing the flow of His anointing in your life, both spiritually and naturally. Amen? Amen. There's some things that happens whenever double doors begin to open. and a, There's a double door anointing and a double door season that we are entering into. Again, I already said one of them is access. Places that have been closed. I'm just going to read this because I want to get you. I want this to get down on the inside of you because this, again, I want to make sure that everybody understands that this is a prophetic declaration over this house. Number one, places that have been closed are going to be opened. That which has been closed off to you, the Lord is saying, I'm going to open it up to you. To have access means that you have authority to be there. There's a greater level of authority that he's releasing. It's not that he hasn't given authority but we're coming into the understanding and the revelation of the authority that we have been given. God has released divine authority for access to people and places that are needed for the fulfilling of his purpose. You know what? Two years ago, we weren't in any of the schools here in Bay County. The only thing that we were doing, I think Pastor Steve was able to go and work with the band a little bit, but that was about the, that was all that we were able to do. Let me tell you, as of today, out of the five high schools here in Bay County, or five or six, we're in four of them right now, praise God. On a regular basis, on a weekly basis, some of them, Garrett is actually the chaplain there. And I'm telling you, God is opening up double doors. We are in a season when God is opening up things to us, amen? I believe he's at Boze, uh, Bozeman, he does something there, at Rutherford and, and Mosley, and uh, we're also, I, I forgot where we're all, but there was four high schools that we are actually in right now. How many of you know that that's an indicator that God is opening some double doors for us? We've went from, you know, just a little bit on one to a lot on three, hallelujah. Amen? Well, praise God. We're affecting kids in our community. My friend, we're going through the double doors that God is opening for us. Amen? 
The second thing is opportunity. Things that could not be done in the previous season will now have opportunity to be done. Things which were impossible yesterday will be possible today. There are supernatural opportunities to accomplish supernatural undertakings. Understand that every opportunity is not necessarily a divine one, but I do believe that God is opening up divine opportunities and will reveal and we will be able to discern which ones are from him and which ones are just from the flesh. The third thing, last thing is this, influence. You know, this is what everyone on social media desires. We hear about them all the time, influencers. You know, and that's fine and wonderful, but I, you know, we have to realize that God has a way of giving you supernatural influence that cannot be manipulated in the flesh. And there's a lot of things that we see even on social media. It's basically somebody's hired a company to come in, to pump them, to create a way, and they're able to garner followers and those that like what they're doing, the content of what they're doing. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's wrong in and of itself. But I'm just saying this, I believe that God is gonna give you influence where you need to have influence. You see, it's not necessarily, it, it's not necessary that I influence everybody. The only people I really need to influence are the people that God has called me to influence. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I, I don't necessarily have to be in everybody's ear, but I just need to be in the ears that God has given me a word to declare over their lives. Amen? And I believe that God is opening up these opportunities for influence within your life. Amen? And again, I'm not talking about some sort of fleshly manipulated influence. This is a God-ordained kairos moment that will cause your words to have weight. What seemingly fell to the ground in the past season will have power today. For some of you, I believe that the Lord is saying that even within the lives of your children, it seemed like the words that you spoke didn't have any weight. But I'm declaring to you today that God is giving weight to your words. Speak again, and God's giving weight and power to influence with the words that are coming out of your mouth. But everybody just lift your hands right there. Come on, just, I want you to receive this. You're anointed for this. You're anointed for this double door season. Go ahead and stand to your feet. You're anointed for this season, and God is releasing influence within your life so that what you begin to declare, what you begin to declare will have power and it will have weight. It's no longer gonna be words that just fall on the ground, but God's gonna give you the words to say, and he's gonna speak through you, and he's gonna give weight to what you are saying. Would you just lift your hands right there? Come on, just begin to declare this right now. Come on, just say, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord, that I'm anointed for this season. I thank you, Lord, for your power and for your grace. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.